If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Today we're doing the podcast from Roatan, Honduras. Uh, why are we here? So, Amy has some uh, family that vacation down here. They happen to be asking us to come to this trip uh, for a couple years now. And so we decided to come on down here um, after the race. And uh, we'll be back home in a couple couple hours anyway. So we just come down for a couple days pretty fun down here just hanging out on the beach having a few uh beers eat a great breakfast this morning we're literally right on the ocean so all these boats are going by and people are fishing and snorkeling and scuba diving a lot of birds animals dogs uh so yeah it's great quick uh three and a half hour flight down here anyways let's get right on into the show Talk about the World 600 recap. So we finished 10th uh, this weekend. Uh, pretty happy about that, to be honest with you. Although, we usually wouldn't really be too happy about 10th place. But considering uh, how the All-Star race went, we really um, made a lot of big gains. So I was pretty happy about that uh, result. We started, uh, you know, we started preparing for this race Immediately after the uh, All-Star event, uh, we already had planned to bring a different car because it's a different sponsor for both of those races. Um, so they had uh, the car picked out. Um, we threw away the setup that we ran in the All-Star race. Talked about running similar to what Jimmy uh, was going to race. He, Whatever he ran in the All-Star race is kind of where we started the week, and uh, we went from there. We made a couple adjustments on the car in practice, um, nothing really got away from that idea and, and that theory, but um, we definitely improved the car as the weekend went, which I was real, real happy with. We started out probably with about a 15th to 20th place car off the truck and made small gains, chipping away at it, till by the end of the race, I thought we had about an 8th or 10th place car. So um, I don't think that that's indicative of our mile and a half program we ran uh we ha- i like my car a ton better at kansas and at texas i thought we had a very fast car charlotte to me doesn't really uh compare to the other mile and a half because of the, the asphalt and how rough it is and anyways uh really happy about the the effort and the work that the guys put in we went and uh they went and went did a lot of work on the simulator on uh friday and that's become a pretty useful tool for us. Uh, we did some simulator work before Kansas, which I thought made a tremendous uh, amount of uh, it made it made things a lot better for us. 
uh, throughout practice and throughout the weekend. Um, basically, uh, Greg and the guys will have a long, long list of things they want to change. And we can't get to all that stuff in the minimal amount of practice that we have. So going to the simulator allows us to kind of narrow that list down and also mark off some things that, that, uh, that, don't, that don't work or don't provide any uh, real, real gains. So we're not wasting our time in practice. So we, uh, they were able to narrow the list down on a couple things that they wanted to try for, uh, for practice on Saturday. And we improved the car a little bit throughout that particular uh, practice session and, and ended up in the top 10. So real good effort. Also, I've talked about it a bunch, but Jimmy uh, Johnson, the 48 guys, they were a tremendous amount of help as well. Since we leaned on their setup, uh, me and Jimmy could communicate quite a bit about how we're, how our cars felt, how they drove, because in theory they should uh, react similarly. Um, so if I, you know, and Bobby Levani talked about this on uh, on uh, Race Hub uh, or uh, one of the weekly shows or pre-race shows. Um, you know, some drivers, you, you can basically set a car up uh, maybe the way Jimmy likes it and all the other drivers can get in there and it's not going to, you know, we're not going to be able to maybe drive it as well or yeah, may, not, may not like some of the sensations that you have um, and and they might not like my setup or what I like and what I want to feel. So uh, what you do is you look at a driver's trace. You look at his steering, throttle, brake. You talk to that particular driver and try to understand how he's driving that setup or how he's driving the car and maybe tailor your driving style a little bit toward his and do some of the things that he's doing. So Jimmy would come over to the car with sheets of comparing our uh, steering and brake and throttle and we'd talk about how that was working and what he was doing things why he was doing the things he was doing and even during the rain delay we we talked about things he had done to his car some adjustments they'd made during the race and uh, he gave me some other tips about um, what he was doing inside the car to help um, so he was a great teammate all weekend uh, he always is but this particular weekend I asked him for a little extra help and he, he came through big time um, Obviously, uh, the big story of the weekend is uh, Memorial Day and having the, uh, the names on the windshield of the car. All the drivers, all the teams uh, were, a were allowed and able to honor an individual that's lost his life uh, fighting for this company, uh, country's freedom. And uh, we were honoring James McClamrock. Uh, Private First Class James McClamrock. His family was there. We got to meet. They had a, he had a huge family. Uh, got to meet his mother. Obviously, uh, they were incredible people. Um, we shared some uh, great conversation, and, and uh, it was really good, really good to uh, to be able to kind of uh, get to know his family, get to know him, get to know his story. And I think that's fun for uh, everybody to have the opportunity to to know these people. Um, we always, uh, you know, week to week honor the military. Uh, NASCAR is one of the more patriotic sports, in my opinion. That we uh, we always take time each week. To, uh, to acknowledge uh, what the military means to us. And uh, this particular weekend is a little, little more special because of how we honor individuals and get to know a particular individual. So, uh, and those stories are out there for, from every team and uh, for all the fans and the drivers, everybody in the industry to, to get to know each individual that's on these cars. So that's a pretty cool program. I was honored to meet the family. They, we exchanged some gifts which uh, 
were very personal to them and uh, meant a lot to me. <clears throat> so uh, they gave me some of James' possessions, which I was uh, blown away, stunned by, to be honest. And uh, I will, I will keep those always. And should they ever want any of that back, I'll have it in in my possession forever. Uh, so that was great. Um, yeah, I'm gonna miss part. I'm gonna miss things like that when uh, when I'm retired, being a part of those moments. Um, obviously, another story for the weekend was the. VHT that they put down on the racetrack. So this track at Charlotte's notorious for being a bottom groove racetrack where it's really difficult to uh, to make the middle or even the top work, especially at night when the track cools off as it does in the evening. The grip goes up in the surface of the racetrack and that, that takes away the top groove and its competitiveness. You'll see uh, in the day race later this year at Charlotte, we'll be moving up the racetrack and using uh, the middle and the top of the racetrack a little bit more. You see that as well in the Xfinity race, but at night, it's a little bit tougher to make the top work because the bottom just gets so fast. They sprayed VHT in the middle and top groove. We did use that a little bit more, and I thought that that was a good move by the racetrack to try to provide us a better uh, product and pro try to provide a better a race for the fans um, and I'm not you know I'm, I'm not sure whether they'll continue to do this at other racetracks you know a lot of racetracks really don't need that assistance to create more grooves but some tracks do so they may be uh, may be uh, in, inclined to try that at other racetracks to try to develop a second groove or at least make that groove a little bit more competitive um, so I was, I'll give that a thumbs up and and you got to give uh, Charlotte struggling to to understand how to put, uh, you know, provide a better race and, and create more action at the um, at the at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. So I thought that they did a great job trying to create that and, and made some made some strides there. Um, we had a two hour rain delay during the race. That uh, you know that's never fun sitting around waiting on that to end. But it went by pretty quick. I thought. We um, debriefed in the hauler quite a bit, so that time went by pretty quickly as we were trying to work and improve our car and thinking about what new adjustments we could try and what didn't work and what direction we should probably go. So that that rain delay was a little profitable for us. Uh, there was a lug nut issue. Um, it got jammed in between the wheel and the hub. So how does this happen? Um, I know, you know, it's just a freak deal, to be honest with you. The... The lug nut, you know, when they come off the car, uh, they can they can get lodged behind the the next wheel that's getting applied. The hot the wheel the lug nut can hop up on top of the caliber or up on top of the hat. And as you're putting, it's really a freak out, a freak deal. As you're putting the next wheel on, you don't see that, and you bolt it down on top of that loose lug nut sitting there. So, also uh, as you're putting the wheel on, you can knock one of the uh, lug nuts that it's glued to the wheel. Uh, on top of the on top of the hub and that, that's another way it can get lodged in, in there but basically it's just a freak deal that had nothing to do with uh anyone's application or uh any of the you know any of the crew guys uh, it just happens sometimes it might happen once or twice maybe three times in your entire career i remember it happening to me before but um nothing we could have done about that other you know 
other than come in and, and remove it, I'm glad that they saw it. And I definitely noticed it coming off pit road, the dang wheels about to fall off the car. So otherwise we had uh, pretty pretty awesome pit stops. The guys were very competitive on pit road, often gaining a spot or two. I thought that this weekend was uh, really reflected the the type of uh, the type of um, performance that I think these guys are capable of week in week out. We had a real smooth night. Uh, we we also joked a little bit about uh, Kyle Busch's post race press conference. Uh, I know a lot of fans were kind of turned off by Kyle's attitude in the in the press uh, in the in the media room after the race. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is that he gave a full interview before that out on pit road, I believe, uh, and got quite uh, you know explained his situation quite well. I thought and his disappointment. I think by the time he got to the media center, it had just really gotten under his skin. But, you know, I uh, as I've gotten older, and especially with new perspective on being out of the car and, and retiring and all that stuff, it's made me sort of look back at what's good for the sport. Instead of really what's good for me and what I want, what does the sport need? What's good for the sport? Cobblish is good for the sport. Um we don't need everybody acting the same. We don't need everybody all happy or being amazing uh, all the time. You know, we need passion, disappointment. You need to see that raw emotion in, in the drivers. So I was completely fine with Kyle Busch's press conference. I was even amused quite a bit, as a lot of people were. But Kyle, I talked to him a little bit. I texted him uh, a little bit, and he just really – you know, was disappointed. He that you know being able to sweep and win the 600 and an all-star race, and and uh, he just really, really wants to win badly, um, and he expresses that, and and uh, he wears that on his sleeve. So, you know, as long as he don't go in the media center and dog another driver, or or you know, pick at Austin's good fortune. I don't see a problem with him just being disappointed. So I was okay with it. I think it's good for the sport. It definitely got people talking. People outside of the industry watch that watch that clip uh, as it's getting passed around on social media. So that's good. It's uh, It gets people talking, so it's good for the sport. So I'm good with it. And we talked about Austin Dillon there winning the race, getting uh, getting good fortune on his fuel mileage. I was really concerned with uh, – with their crew chief changes, they had made a move away from Slugger Labby, who had been with Austin for the last several months, um, working at least, I don't know how long they've been together, a couple, maybe a year and a half, two years. I really, I've worked with Slugger before. He used to work at DEI, and he uh, he's well-respected well in the garage. Um, so I was kind of excited about that pairing between him and Austin. thought that they made some gains. I thought Austin was running better, and... So I was surprised that they made a change, but it seems to have made uh, made big a big difference right away because Austin ran in the top ten all night. You know, I thought he uh, was one of the better cars that I was around. Um, definitely had a lot of speed all night. So we'll see. We'll watch that going forward and see if this uh, change for Austin is going to continue to pay off. Obviously, he's got his first win at the World 600. An incredible race to win. I'm very jealous because I've never won it. Uh, but that's a big deal, and it's a home track for Austin. Those guys are right up the road and welcome. 
Um, so I, I bet, uh, I think they partied on into the morning hours. Uh, so that was a pretty cool deal for them. And now that uh, locks Austin into the chase. Um, so on, on that front, it got a little tougher for us as uh, each, of these, each of these new winners chip away at some of the opportunities to get into the chase for some of the drivers like myself who haven't won races. All right, the three-car wins in the Cup Series for the first time since my father in 2000, Talladega. So that's 16 years ago, 17 years ago. Uh, Bob Pockris tweeted um, that me and Matt Kenseth were the only two drivers that were in both of those races, the 2000 Talladega race and this past weekend's race. Doesn't, make, doesn't that make you feel old, Matt? Uh, that was our rookie seasons for me and Matt in 2000. I'm very excited about the three car being back in victory lane. And uh, Austin is going to, uh, as he's already started to do, create his own legacy uh, with that number. And um, as other drivers did before my father used it. So kudos to uh, RCR, Richard Childress. Always happy to see Richard do well and succeed in the sport. We also watched a couple races on Sunday, the F1 race from Monaco, which is pretty, uh, pretty, I don't know, pretty uneventful. I don't know if uh, that was an eventful race. It's hard for me to tell watching the F1 races, but um, was certainly uh, um, excited about watching the Indy 500 with Alonzo in there. Alonzo ran right up toward the front right away, um, creating a lot of conversation on social media and uh, from other drivers as well about what that really says about Alonzo, maybe the competition in Indy or how hard an Indy car is to drive or you know, I don't know. It, people were trying to determine a lot of different things there but I think what it says to me is that Alonzo is a very good driver and Alonzo had a very good car and uh, I believe that Indy um is a pretty uh, pretty unique challenge for for maybe a guy like Alonzo or anyone else really for that matter to go um, get get some seat time. You get that rookie test. You get all kinds of lap time and track time to kind of acclimate yourself. So if, if you're going to go run a race in, 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 in Indy and you want to be able to, uh, uh, let's see, what am I trying to say? If you want to, if you want to go race at Indy, at any race in Indy, I think the Indy 500 might be the, the one to, I don't want to say it's the easiest one because it's certainly probably not easy, but you get the most track time with all the rookie testing and the whole month of May, right? They're on the racetrack running and running and running. So, you know, if Alonzo had a plenty of time to, to get used to the car and find out where its limits are and being a world champion, he's going to do that quicker than most guys, so... I wasn't really that surprised uh, by his performance. So he led 27 laps before an engine failure, failure knocked him out of the race. Uh, Chris Knight, one of the media members in uh, our sport, tweeted a list of Indy drivers he'd like to see try to run the Daytona 500 someday. Graham Ray Hall, Marco Andretti, Takuma Sato uh, was another driver that he listed. So uh, we had... Uh, Alonso Jr. ran that race one time in one of Rick's cars, actually. Uh, we probably had a whole slew of guys actually uh, try to, well, you know, A.J. Ford and Mar Mario Andretti have done it and, and succeeded. 
Um, I think it's awesome when you got you get guys that come from other forms of motorsport, uh, either you know either coming into our sport and trying to run it. Uh, you want to get their perspective on what's harder, what's more challenging, uh, what do they think about our cars, our technology, and I also enjoy seeing our guys go run Indy. So uh, we have somebody more, uh, you know, somebody we know to pull for. So when Kurt was in, Kurt uh, Bush was in the Indy uh, 500, I was pulling for Kurt, of course. Who would I like to see run the Daytona 500? Obviously, I'm good friends with Graham Rahal, so it'd be awesome to see him give it a give it a run, and Marco Andretti also uh, to have another Andretti come down in a NASCAR uh, and give it a run. That'd be great. And I'm sure those guys might get those opportunities. So who knows? All right, we're going to jump into our Ask Junior portion of the show. Amy is here. Hey, guys. And uh, she's going to read off a couple of great questions and see if we can't get some good answers. It's quite sunny, though. Hold on. Okay. So our first question is from Corvette Cheryl, and she wants to know, would you consider doing the Rolex 24-hour race next year or at some point in your future? The Rolex 24 hours? Yes. I probably... Uh, would like to go watch that race. I think when where is this race? This is the race that I've talked to you about. That's over in France. I know, but tell it. Oh, okay. Um. So you did mention wanting to go. Yeah, I want to go watch it. Okay. So it. I think it'd be fun to. Uh, they have like a whole week of uh, kind of celebrating and yeah. yeah festivities in town in Le Mans. And where? <laughs> Le Mans. So. They have Redneck French. Yeah, they have. Um, I took French in in high school. You can't tell. Nope. I can count to ten. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq. Quatre. Six. Oui. <laughs> un, un, deux. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Next question. Neuf. <laughs> um, Dix. I don't know. Copeland Zach, is there any one place or event that you look forward to being able to enjoy after your retirement? Well, we just talked about going to Le Mans. I'd like to do that. I'd love to go to the Indy 500 one time. We watched it on TV, and it just looks like an incredible spectacle. Is there any non-racing things you're looking forward to going and doing? Whatever you have planned. <laughs> okay. I'm sure I'm going to be doing a lot of things that you want to do because you've sacrificed so much it's to be... It's not that. There's just so many things well, to me, do. It's not about well, sacrifice. Me, I know. Just let me, like, you have, you know, came to these races week after week after week. And, uh... You <clears throat> so got a monkey to, coming at us. <laughs> it's time to, I don't know, do some, do some stuff you yeah, want to do. Yeah, I want to take you to the Derby. Yeah. And we're if we're going, going to Le Mans, right. as you say it, yep. we're going to see some other parts of France, surely, right? Great. We're definitely going to see other parts of France. Cool. Yeah, okay. I want to go to the Derby with you, since that's something you've done. Yeah, it's really amazing. I think so you would enjoy it. Yeah, I think we'd try to do some of those kind high, of sporty. high-end events that you see on TV all the time. <laughs> well, there's different ways to do everything. You don't have to do... No, I'm just saying, like, the, the things that we see, watch on TV, that we always talk about. Dang, we can't go because of the racing. Well, yeah, most things are on the weekends. <laughs> yes, we're going to go. Okay, next question. Jay Billow, 57, Joyce. She wants to know, will you still attend the JRM Fan Day and make other public appearances after you retire? Hopefully oh. your fans will see more of you. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, we're going to have Fan Day. I noticed that Mark Martin still does his Fan Day, and they have concerts and all kinds of fun things. Yeah, you said it's kind of a big deal. Right, and he's, that's still going pretty strong. Obviously, we'll, we have other things that we want to continue to promote. So uh, that having fan day is a great opportunity to let the fans know 
a lot about our, uh, you know, how Whiskey River's doing and our dealerships uh, down in Tallahassee. Um, we'll continue to be able to promote our partnerships with all the brands that we're continuing to work with beyond my you know, racing career. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have, you know, all the, all the, I mean, there's many, many awesome reasons to continue to have fan sure. day aside from the fact that we get to, you know, interact with the fans. Yep. I feel like if it gets any bigger, you're going to have to move the location of this event because it was great this year the traffic situation even just getting into jerem yeah i mean if we're going to do a concert kind of event or anything like that uh we'll definitely have to move it sure um chase the falcon first off your handle is pretty awesome um he wants to know what will you miss most about racing when you retire uh we've talked about this quite a bit yeah the camaraderie the friendships Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna miss the friends the buddies but you, you can still go to the races and be around. Yeah, but when they're in that moment of working, I'm going to miss being the camaraderie in the moment, like in during practice. Like I'm, I used to hate practice, and this year I can't wait for every single practice because those are the moments that I'm going to miss, really, the ones that I actually thought I didn't like. Mm-hmm. All that work part. <laughs> the work and <laughs> doing things together. All right, NASCAR Catholic. I think that's right. NASCAR Catholic. <laughs> she wants to know, I'm assuming this is a woman, um, out of the 10 tracks you, you haven't won at, which one would mean the most to win before you retire? And can you list the 10 that you haven't won at? Uh, well, I know Charlotte's won because we talked about that. Well, actually, I won an all-star race, so maybe sh- that's not on that list. But huh. Sears Point and the Watkins Glen. Mm-hmm. Sonoma? Yeah, Sonoma. Sears Point. Sorry. Oh, sorry. They're kind of the same. Um, so. Have you won at Homestead? I haven't went to Homestead. It'd mean a lot to win at Homestead, the final race of the year. Yeah. Go out on top. I can't list the top or the 10 tracks. (laughs) I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sealy Racing wants to know, are you planning any short track racing like Hickory or Myrtle Beach after retirement? Well, we do have late model teams and something we've had a long time. And I definitely would probably like to sneak into Hickory one night and run. I know Kyle's done that. He's taken his super late model down there and just ran just for fun, you know. Just a mic drop and things. Yeah, just just <laughs> to do joke. little mic drops. Um, pick his pick his nose. <laughs> it would probably be more that he picked his nose and touched the microphone than he actually threw the microphone down when he yeah. did that. Um, I replayed it just to make sure that that's what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott Glover four. Will you be going to the booth to help call any Xfinity races this year, like you did last year? I might. Um, you know, we're trying to figure out. Uh, you know. When 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 those opportunities come about, I've definitely gotten some uh, gotten asked to uh, if I'd be interested in doing a race or two. And it's just uh, we're so busy; it's really hard to dedicate that kind of time during the race weekend because we're running around doing so much. Well, you're doing extra things with your team now too to yeah, try to get the car we're better. Doing a, yeah, you're we're spending working, more time yeah. doing all of that. So I can yeah. understand. Yeah, you're busy. Um, Sim racer ten eighteen. Any plans to jump back into iRacing after your retirement? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'll have more time to do things like that. I de- I've gotten out of iRacing, or at least I, I still have my setup, my rig, everything's ready to go. Didn't they just add something to iRacing? Dirts. Dirt, dirt cars. Are you um, I'm excited about that? that. I haven't tried Did you it. Did try it? No. I, the reason why I haven't been iRacing is because I got so busy uh, with uh I thought it was because you just wanted job. to hang out with me. And you. Yeah. I mean, like, we got married and... I don't think you I guys understand that iRacing happens while everyone else is sleeping. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's part of the reason. I want to get back into it, though, yes. Okay. Well. But I just don't have the time right now. You just don't have time for anything, do you? 
Brand Brandisco asks if there's a UFC match between Tyler and TJ, who would you pick to win and why? Uh, TJ. I've been in a boxing ring with him. He's, He's pretty scrappy. scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. T- Tyler's a little uh, lethargic would be maybe a good way to describe him. I don't know. I kind of feel like Tyler, being the wrestling fan that he is, yeah. probably has some sick moves he practices by That's himself. That's true. But will a wrestling move win a UFC but TJ, match? TJ's scrappiness is going to win, I think. Yeah, I do. T- I think it's true. It'd be fun to watch. Yep. We should. It'd be like a W. We should promote this at the next year's fan UFC. day. Get in the ring with TJ. What is your favorite video game and or movie? Fod Rod of Odd wants to know that. My favorite video game is iRacing. But I do, what I'm playing right now mostly is Madden Mobile, right? Yeah, you are. <laughs> he carries around an iPad the size of Texas just to play this game everywhere he goes. Yeah. My favorite movie, I mean, Forrest Gump's hard to beat. Um, Tombstone was great. And why? Tombstone? Yeah, why do you like Tombstone so much? Uh, I don't know. Why does all why all men say that Tombstone Wider? and Lonesome Dove, oh, like Lonesome all these Dove. Mo- all these movies are men's favorites, but nobody can just say one reason Lonesome why. Lonesome Dove is a miniseries that I'm love to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out when I was in the ninth grade. Lonesome Dove. Okay. Tommy we, Lee Jones and what? Tommy Lee Jones is in Lonesome Dove. Yes, he is. Who else is in Lonesome Dove? Um. Captain Augustus McRae <laughs> is played by, uh, what's his face? Is it Gary? No. Dang it, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Ed? No, it's not Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him thinking I'm trying to mess him up. So we named Gus after this character. Yeah, we yeah. named Gus after this freaking character. Yeah, you do love that movie. Yeah. All right, Leanne23 wants to know, with Kelly moving, have you met any new neighbors? Is it Robert Duvall? Robert Duvall, yeah. yes. Yeah, Robert Duvall. What did you ask me? Um, Leanne23 wants to know, with Kelly moving, have you met your new neighbors? My mama. <laughs> She's going to move into Kelly's house. Yeah. So everybody lives out on a, on the property, and um, Brenda and Willie are going to move into Kelly's house. Yeah. And we're going to have a guest house now. That's right. So family can come visit. Um, Needog, you have to try to say this. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna Nadog Mafia. Nadog Mafia. N E Dog Mafia. You guys are clever with these names. All right. He wants to know. Well, I lost my spot. Sorry. Um, would you ever race in the Indy 500 or Formula One race if you were asked to? No, I wouldn't. I don't think that I have. Uh, I don't have road the time. Cor- <laughs> the, I don't have road course <laughs> talent to be racing in F1. Why? I just. What do you mean, why? Yeah. Why do you not think you have any road course talent? I just don't want to go do that crap. Okay, I don't right, like road don't course racing. Well, just say that then. Okay, I don't like road course racing, so no. Um, the Indy 500, I might have tried that when I was younger. I might have done it if I was in my 20s. I'm too old for that. <laughs> all right. Those are all, all the right. questions. That's all the questions. Thanks, Amy. You're welcome. Lovely. Amy has helped us with the questions. All right, we're going to go to Looking Ahead um, Thursday. I'll be back in town uh, Thursday for some simulator prep for Dover. So we're going to the simulator for Dover to try to learn some things. Um, we'll be there all day. Uh, quite, a, quite a great opportunity. 
to zone in on some great opportunity or great changes we can make to the car. Friday, we have practice and qualifying at 3.50 Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1. Saturday, there's two practices and the Xfinity races at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1. Sunday, the race is at 1 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. So Fox Sports 1 all weekend. The Dale Jr. Download and all Dirty Mo Radio podcasts are made possible by Exalta. You can subscribe to all eight programs on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all major podcasting outlets. As always, you can listen to Dirty Mo Radio podcasts on DaleJr.com. 
Follow us on Twitter at Dale Jr., at Overstreet Tyler, and at Dirty Mo Radio. Also, check out the Dirty Mo Radio Facebook page. Today's theme song, Everyone Left, is by The Dangerous Summer, courtesy of Hopeless Records. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 